Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we are back. We are. Yeah. With the original guest of the show. Oh, yeah. Mike is here. He was so upset when he saw that Will was on. He went to the group chat. He just sent all these crying emojis, even some audio messages. And we knew we had to we had to have him back on. Mike, it's been a while. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you boys doing? Don't even ask. Don't even ask. <laughs> Alex is I know how you're doing. <laughs> I know how you're doing. <laughs> Believe me, I know how you're doing. <laughs> we have Mike on for a very special reason. You may have heard that the Leafs just had a very bad loss. Well, what? Five one lead. A one, what is it? A one percent chance of happen, happening? Well, one, less, one, one, less, one, one percent. The sense of an amazing comeback, and well, Alex and Mike were on a Zoom, not a Zoom call, a FaceTime together. While you're a watching. face call, yeah, a FaceTime <laughs> audio call, face to face. So I just I want to ask first off, guys, and we'll start with Mike here. How do you feel a few days removed from the Sens' monstrous comeback? Well, as a noted Sens fan, I think it's. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I was. I'm still laughing till this day, man. I have no. I have nothing. I'm like. I'm not upset at all. I'm just. I'm just laughing. It's just you know when it comes to a point where you're a fan of a certain team or something, but they just keep surprising you or proving you wrong. Proving you wrong every time that you don't think that they can surprise you even more. Like it's come to the point where I've just become hysterical to this team. Hysterical. Mm-hmm. Alex, how, about you, how about you, Alex? <laughs> you're looking kind of I sad. Don't even. Like, yeah, I am. I'm pissed off. Like, listen, okay, there, there's a couple things. Um, I've been listening to a couple guys on TV radio talking about this, and they called it a road bump or a bump in the road. Um, and, and, like, okay, that's fine. Like, yes, in the grand scheme of things, it's one game and whatever. But I just watched my team lose a four-goal <laughs> lead and then lose in overtime again. How many times do I have to go through this? Mm-hmm. I'm 20. I've seen it more times than, like, a Tampa Bay fan combined. Oh, come on. They won. Yeah. No, but, I, but they've, I've seen more losses this team blow leads than, like, any other team. I swear. It's, you know, I remember, so it all sort of started towards the end of the second period with John Tavares, who who has been getting some, a lot of criticism over the past, I would say, what, week, week and a half or something? Yeah. Feels like a much bit. longer whenever there's sort of criticism around the Leafs, especially when there's a loss. And then from there, was, I think what DJ Smith said uh, after like the Sens' third goal that he's never felt so bad having a 5-3 lead because the signs were there. Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. That is, I've never heard a coach before in my life 
say that they were worried of a 5-3 lead. It almost it is kind of comical to hear. I'm dumbfounded. You knew that, they that's were what, complacent. So do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, the 20 year old had to figure this out. Uh, sitting on it? his couch watching a hockey game had to figure out. Instead of saying you felt complacent, like try to do something. I got no indication from any guy on the be- any guy who talked that they actually tried to change their 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 mentality in that game. Is there a single guy to blame here, or is it just the whole team? Apparently, William Nylander. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. It's all William Nylander. What? I don't... Okay. I don't understand. Because it's... Every time the this team loses, it's not always William Nylander, but they always pinpoint one specific player. I think you... Like, Mike, we watched the game together. I couldn't tell you what happened in the first and the second period because, like, I forgot. I remember the third period, there was no, like, it wasn't an individual player who lost us that game. It's not like, like, oh. Friday was horrible, Riley was horrible, Tavares was horrible. Like, everyone was horrible. It was a collective mindset loss. It was just, like, uh, like Matthew said, it was just, they just got lackadaisical. I'd actually like to ask you a question, Mike, because as someone who's played on a team, have you ever had, I guess, a collapse like this where like what is the mentality of a team when they're going through that you know it's really interesting because it's really true in the sense that when uh when you're going in for an intermission before you go out there um again it really does change a lot like you really do rely on your coach coaches and especially the boys in the room to to, to come together and say, okay, we have them where we want them to be, especially 5-1. You don't want to go into the room and think, okay, foot off the gas, like, let's just ride this out. Um, no, you're in that room and you're thinking, okay, let's absolutely not be embarrassed in the most worst way possible. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of that goes – I don't know what goes on in that room, obviously. Who knows if – they got in the room. They're all happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, ah, oh, you know, we played 40 minutes. We don't have to play the rest of the 20 minutes. No. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it comes down to coaching. You really need the coaches to come. Well, if you're a good team player, a good motivator, then you can do a lot of it yourself. But you do rely obviously on, on your, uh, the head of your team there, your coach to, to tell you, Hey guys, like, Let's dial in here. We still have 20 more minutes to play. I know you guys think we're done, but we're not. So mm-hmm. clearly something didn't happen there. And ultimately this game, like I said, it it purely game came down to a lack of days ago effort that I believe came from from that that from the locker room. Uh the coaches didn't get the players prepared. The players themselves didn't want to get prepared to play another 20 minutes, and it showed. I have a question, Mike. Does that loss happen? I asked Alex this. So I'd love to get your and Daniel's thoughts here. Does that loss happen if Wayne Simmons is playing? That's a really interesting question, actually. Uh, That's a tough one. I mean, you just, you see the effect that he's had on the boys, like on the team as not just, as an absolute speedster out there that has fought more for the Leafs than we've had since the days of 
Marty. But um, I don't know. I think – I don't think it'd be as disastrous. Honestly, truth to tell you, I think – but at the same time, you can say that when you have, for example, Joe Thornton on the team, right? Joe Thornton's still a veteran presence, a leader, and he's a, a player that's come back from – a four-one uh, uh, down, four-one in a game seven loss and a game seven win. Um, so I don't know. I don't really think it would make that much of because at the end of the day, yeah, Simmons can impact the game no matter what. But I don't think in a five-one game he's going to go out there and do what he usually does to get the boys going and change their mentality. And he's not going to go out there and fight them when it's five-one, five-two. He's not going to. Um, start being the aggressive he'll lay some hits out don't get me wrong but if you have a player like joe thornton out there already and he can't motivate the boys like that or even zach bogosian who's a stanley cup winner um i i don't i don't know i don't think it really would have made a tremendous amount of difference i mean maybe in another world we can replay this and who knows the least could have won that but that's really tough to speculate when he just wasn't there <laughs> Yeah, I kind of agree with Mike that as much as I think Wayne Simmons brings a lot to the team, there is a lot of people on on this team, the leadership aspect there that, you know, they weren't really lacking with anything. And if I even look at like Frederick Anderson, where, again, people are going to say, oh, like it's another tale of Freddie. But like a lot of people forget too, like this is a guy that also made it to the conference finals with the Ducks. It's a guy that, you know, he's played the volume of games uh like throughout his whole career that we always see that I I just didn't I just didn't see as an excuse that you know if you have this one guy not slot into the lineup that you know everything seems to be falling apart because like I think too that even on the top six guys the onus was on them to like what Mike said like don't put your don't get your foot off the gas like keep going even if it means you know lighting the lamp even more like which I I would have been okay seeing Alex, I'll ask you to give your opinion off of the tax now on the pod. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, I disagree with both of you. I think he would have had a I think he would have had an impact. I think he, what he brings is different than Thorn and Bogosian because I think Bogosian's just tough generally. I think Joe Thorn has the leadership mentality, but I think Wayne Simmons will go out of his way to be extra tough. And it's not when you're down 5-1, and it's not when you're down 5-2, when you're up 5-1, up 5-2. It's when you're up 5-3 and you're up 5-4. And he's going to, and I mean, he should be, and obviously hindsight's 20-20, but he should be absolutely pissed. It's, It's the same thing, the argument that people are making when Jason Spezza dropped the gloves in whatever game it was against Columbus. There was an extra extra something on that bench after Jason Spezza fought. I think it was Dean Coogan, right? And I don't know who the hell he would have fought. He would have fought somebody or he would have beat the crap out of somebody. I don't know. But I think he would have brought something extra. And I don't think that lot, it would have, it would have been bad, but I don't think it would have been because even if you're up five, one and you win the game five, four, you almost blew a four goal lead. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But you still won the game. He'd fight like Eric Goodman, and I'm sure he'd be probably. Awesome. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's a little different in the sense, though. Like, we've just seen so many instances of this Leafs team where no matter what the circumstance, they can be up a couple goals, or they can be down a couple goals, and 
even if, for example, Simmons is out there, he's dishing it, he's trying to get guys motivated. There are a lot of instances where this team will play with one guy. They'll have one guy playing and the rest of them kind of with their foot off their gas. So I can totally see where if Simmons is there, yes, if it's a 5-3 lead, if it's a 5-4 lead, now he's getting the boys to go. But nonetheless, there's still so many instances with this. Tr- I know it's different season per season. It's always a new season, a new game's a new game. But the track record with this team is too great for me to think that it would be more any more than just one player kind of playing. But we've never had a guy like Simmons. Like, That's true. Right? So, like, last year it was Jason Spezza, I guess. And, and you, you even saw it with Clifford. Like, I think when when they traded for Clifford and Gamble, and, you know, Clifford came out, was throwing hits and stuff like that, you saw a difference in Kapanen. You saw a difference in Dermot. Like, you saw differences in guys that you haven't seen before. And that's why I think with Simmons with with Simmons Simmons brings that extra something that no one else on this team has like Zach Bogosian's just tough right like he's a big guy and he's not afraid to throw his body around Wayne Simmons is big but he goes out of his way sometimes to to be tough and well, I think that's the difference yeah. maker but I wouldn't want to discredit a player like Joe Thornton or anything because Joe Thornton no, no. is that kind of motivator he, he's the kind of team motivator he's of known so. as one of the best leaders throughout his entire Hall of Fame career and right so I I, I genuinely I totally see what you're saying with Simmons he's a, he's an absolute he's a Wayne train yeah he's the best Wayne to ever play hockey but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but yeah <laughs> but um but I, I don't see it. I don't. You do wonder, though, is like, listen, Jumbo, how old is Jumbo Joe Thornton now? 41. 41. Yeah, around there. Wayne Simmons can still assert himself physically on the ice, and you wonder if that part of Simmons' game, if there's a big hit or something, could have influenced it. I want to keep going on the Leafs just, in a bit just, just one second quickly. Yeah. The, the thing that worries me – that with what Mike is saying, because I think he's not he's not wrong when it comes to Joe Thornton, is that if Joe Thornton can't motivate this team, who can? Would they brought in Marlowe? That worked for a little bit. The but Mike Babcock, that worked for a little bit. Uh Spezza worked for a little bit and it died off. If it can't be Jumbo Joe, like that's what worries me. I mean, like, it's more of a concern. Like, what you're saying is true, but I don't want it to be true. So you've just brought up something really funny, Marlo. What number did Marlo wear? 12. 12. Because I'm pretty sure we were asking this before the show. We're going to continue on this in a second. I want to ask you guys about Toronto's next game versus the Sens and that. And I'll tell you about the the Sens themselves quickly because they've won four games. They've all been against the top three teams in the North Division. <laughs> the sense um before that i believe i saw that this guy was actually wearing marlo's number that is the newest member of the toronto maple leafs coming from carolina after he got waived former montreal canadian third overall pick in the 2012 draft how bad does it look now Alex yuck is now a toronto maple leaf you getting his jersey out of <laughs> Galley. Oh, he left. He was so upset. He got so mad he that you said so that. He was so upset that he left. Um, man, like, that's such an odd trade. Like, um, 
you know, you, you didn't really give anything up, I guess, in terms of the Leafs perspective, you didn't give up much. Um, leaving the call was to absolutely say no i'm not getting oh it. okay just i did sure. not lag out i was just so <laughs> we figured that you we figured that you yeah. would have just been so offended yeah yeah uh, like, god, no i am not no no there's a new 27 in my life and his name is alexander robert god no um but guys alex Gauchenia. yeah yeah i was just saying you I, I was just saying you didn't give up much to get alex galchenyuk and i guess it's just another Jimmy VC experiment or whatever we're calling it. Like, so like Igor Korshkov, yes, he played a game, scored a goal. Gonna miss him. Uh, I don't body, know. Scored for the Calder Cup. Why it's the first pick in the second round. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what, what, um, what Korshkov was going to be on this team. He was never going to come back. He would have probably, right. he, if he was on the taxi squad this year, I, I, 100% I think he would have played a couple games. Yeah. But I think he I guess would have. He, he stayed in Russia, did he not? Yeah, that's why. Uh if he if he was here to play for if he was here, he would have been on the taxi squad and he would have been alternating. I don't even know if if he stayed, I don't even know if we'd have Travis Boyd. I don't know if we'd have uh Nick Patan um down there, even Barabanov. He's a better Russian player than Barabanov because he's played more games in the NHL and uh, overall, he's just a bigger body presence. But, yeah, with him going to Russia this year, he wasn't going to play here this year. He's on a one. He has one year left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. And Warsawski, he was part of the Kapanen trade, I believe. And yeah. he was ne- like, look at that D depth chart. You can barely fit Dermot in there. You can't even fit Sandine in there. Warsawski's easily like two spots below Sandine. Three spots below Sandine, like he was, he wasn't he gonna above, get a shot. Is he above Martin Rinchin? No one's. Unfortunately, I don't think he's below Marty just <laughs> because Marty's played in the NHL. Um, but he was lower than even Liljegren. He was lower than so. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, listen. Like he's probably gonna play, play for this team a little bit. I think the team's starting. You to say get- that so excitedly. <laughs> Wait, it's I listen, like what what's what is Alex Galchenyuk gonna be on this team? A fourth line guy? Like like you said when we were talking, like they're probably and other people have said uh, on the air, like they're probably getting fed up with Jimmy VC a little bit. If you saw, I mean if I'm not mistaken, I was reading an article on the Athletic today. Yes, it was by Siegel. It's such a great name. Jonas Siegel. And he was talking about how Jimmy VC's well, he was late to the party because I already said it first, obviously. Um, but you know, he's running out of chances. Um, but he had a pretty interesting picture of VC talking to Keith after practice, where Patan and Engvall were out on the ice. They were shooting pucks after. Um, McKay was getting ready to shoot some pucks after, so they stayed on the ice after. And VC was on too, and he had about a 15-minute conversation with Keith just by the boards. And he's in that position where, like, where he's holding his stick to his to his hand. He's like, kind of like this, while he's like listening to Keith, and didn't really see any smiling throughout that conversation. So, um, and he had, and uh, the day before at practice, same thing. He had a conversation. Today was longer, but he had a conversation with him after practice yesterday. So, you wonder, you wonder what uh, what's what's what the dealio was with uh, with Jimmy Harvard. I mean, w- worst case. Worst case here is 
one of VC or Galchenyuk is on the taxi squad or with the Marlies. Yeah. Um, I know Gino Retta, he commented on this after the trade just happened that it's, 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 a, it's a mystery, like what you're having with Alex Galchenyuk, because he is not defensively sound enough to be in the bottom six. And I don't think he's going to push too many people. So he called him like an emergency stopgap in a way, because I think, you know, big emphasis on the emergency, because what we talked about last year was, you know, he had the opportunity in Minnesota to kind of rebuild his value because that team has no scoring at all. And he, he didn't make, he didn't, he didn't deliver. He struggled even more than he did on Pittsburgh. Which sucked because he really started to get a lot better or sorry. No, I'm thinking VC for a second. No, but uh, yeah, no, he never, he just, he completely looked out of place in every team he's gone to ever since Montreal treated him so badly. <laughs> just, just waiting, just waiting. There was, there was fault on both sides. I, I can't just... By the time Claude Julien got hold of him after Terry and was like, oh, it was, it was no coming back. It was, it was a lost cause. <laughs> it was too late. I think it's interesting because, I mean, look, Jimmy Vesey was brought in because you, he's brought in for $900,000. Because you lost Kapanen and you lost Janssen because you needed to make your roster better and you need money to do that and those guys cost money. And so a cheap reclamation project. The Leafs have done that plenty of times. Hell, look at Jason Spezzi. He's doing great for a Leakman deal. Um, but Or even Tyler Ennis when he signed a, 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 a year or two ago. But when it comes to VC, he was brought in to try and reclaim some of that offense or reclaim even more importantly, he was brought in to be a player like Janssen and Kapanen who benefit from playing with players that are better than them because they can be a complementary piece, a complementary player. And in his entire time there, he's been given chances. He's been given chances to, to play even on the second line with JT and Marner or, uh, or sorry with Nylander or, on at when when Thornton went down, he was the first look to play with Matthews and Marner on that top line. And the entire time so far, he's one assist and two goals this season. And in every single Maple Leafs report cards after, I think by Myrtle, it's always the same thing. Just nothing to see here. So, you know, you bring him in to be a complimentary player, but he really hasn't even been complimenting uh, any of these players at all. And he doesn't look, I mean, getting wrong, it can come to both sides. I mean, who knows if he got a couple more chances. I, I hesitate when I say this, if he can get a couple chances on the power play. But here's the thing. I know that sounds a little bit off, but you also had Travis Boyd at one point on your top power play unit. You've had Nick Patan on your top power play unit. Keith is very much open to experimenting and trying things around. So if he really wants to maximize his potential with this player, I'm not saying throw him on the top line power play unit for three games in a row. I'm just saying – you really got to work on trying to find something out of Jimmy VC, or he's really a lost cause for the year. And you got to hope that Galchenyuk can step in or hope that you bring Robertson back up and he can play uh, in that kind of spot. But yeah, the, the, I think the difference between what he did with Boyd and Patan and what he's doing with VC is that like, I think both of us could agree when he did that, at least those guys were popping out on the page. Like Boyd looked for, for a guy who's, brought in who listen like when we were talking about Boyd who the hell thought he was going to play an NHL game let alone be 
somewhat consistent in this he lineup. fell out of favor in training camp he didn't yeah. look great in training camp so like i think boyd and patan somewhat impressed like i think when i was watching them play yes patan in his own zone is a, is is an absolute pain and pain in the ass to watch but i think with with Fisi, i haven't really seen anything that's been in very impressive at all to earn hey here's power play time etc i think yeah. a second unit gouch on the power play listen if, if if there is anything that's been in his, his repertoire is the guy can make a pass and he has a shot like, and i'm not just saying 30 i'm not being the guy saying yo alex i'll try to perform 30 i'm not doing that anymore um but like there is offensive talent there and listen, there were times in Montreal when he didn't get along with Michelle Terry and, and he was on like the fourth line with like Andreas Martinson and he'd make this pass that if it was at any legitimate NHL player that had any sort of finishing ability, here's a for sure goal. And um, they also moved into wing, don't forget. Yeah, there is talent there with Gouch, all right? Even if he... And again, you know, the Leafs are, are an organization that are just so, like, you got to look at where, where Gouch has been the past couple of years. Arizona, we're going to talk about them later. Not very well run. Minnesota, they don't know what they're doing. They haven't for a couple of years now. Um, Pittsburgh, it's, I mean, by then it was already, he was going through the rinse cycle. So I think there is a legitimate chance that I hate to see it, because I don't want him being effective on the Leafs and then Boomy plays the Canadians and then something goes wrong. But there, there's, there's something there for Gouch. Now, when he plays, who knows? Play him Saturday. Let's see what happens. Make it some fun. So looking forward to tonight, the Leafs have their Sens game again. I believe then again tomorrow. It's a back-to-back, right? Yeah. All yeah. games in Toronto, you love to see it. Murray's playing tonight too. Well, then... They better shell him. I don't even <laughs> Ten goals. I couldn't care less. Well, hey, well that, that, there's the question then is, is what are you expecting? And I, I may be as easy as, you know what, we could be seeing a, a five, nothing, just sort of the shelling of the Ottawa senators tonight, but just more, you know, deeper than that. What do you expect out of the Leafs? And besides Austin Matthews scoring a goal, which seems to happen every day. Now. Uh, I have a very simple answer. Mm. Better than what the hell that was in the third period. <laughs> like it's that simple. The uh, my maybe my expectations are too low, but that's it. That's the bar. Like anything better than that third period, I'm content with. Because I said it last episode. I said because I I didn't think they played phenomenal in that second game against Montreal on Saturday. I said you cannot walk walk into a game with Ottawa and be complacent and say and play like you did against Montreal which was a below average, in my opinion, for the, for the team in general. What did they do? They spent the first couple periods looking pretty damn good. Austin Matthews was with the phenomenal goal, best shape of his life. And I don't know what the third period was. <laughs> Anonymous source, don't worry about it, guys. I have inside. <laughs> That's my bar, pretty low. Okay, and then I'll send it over to Daniel, and then Mike will finish us off. Um, honestly, yeah, I think it's just you know they have the talent, they know what to do to score. It's just to tighten things up, and yeah, the thing that's the thing. Like, don't be complacent. Just play your game, and don't think about 
I guess like you know when you you have that in your mind like the don't collapse mentality. Just don't think of that. Just keep playing your game for the full sixty minutes. Yeah, that's a very big. That's a very important thing that you bring up too, Dan. Because even though you are playing, you know, with that underlying narrative following that last game, you never want to play like that. You never want to play like, oh my god, we're stepping on eggshells as soon as we get on that ice. So that's a very, very good point. Um, you know, the feeling when the leaves blow. A 5-1 lead. Oh, my gosh. What is that what we're laughing at? Go watch the YouTube version of the show. That was ruthless. That was ruthless. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, all right. Well, lads, I think that was good fun. Mike, thank you very much for coming on. Pull up. I didn't, I didn't get to tell my story, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, it's just the jinxing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all so first fault. off, I will be wearing this bad boy for tonight. That's your retro reverse Leafs Austin Matthews jersey. Yeah. So What's the I'll be wa- I'll be wa- I'll be wearing that tonight on the FaceTime. Obviously, you guys are obviously more than welcome to be there. I mean, Alex is always there crying. Um, I'm gonna wear the Zach Bogosian jersey tonight. Change. <laughs> you have to up. actually. I you will, have to. I will change things up. So what? Andrew Aycroft. Nice. So what happened was, <laughs> this is this is a great moment. What happened? This really, this really cemented, um, this really kind of creates a vision of what Alex's personal hell is. So um, we're watching the game. We're doing our virtual watch party. We actually got started on time. No TV issues for either of us, which is huge. Not even any internet issues on the FaceTime. Let's Huge. Go. Let's go. Huge. Because usually we are plagued with these. We're sitting there first two periods. Obviously, the only thing is Alex is delayed. So every time I'm celebrating a goal, Alex is just like, nice. Okay, cool. I'll wait another 15 <laughs> seconds to watch this goal. Because yeah, Rogers TV. Couldn't tell you. So it's the third period. It's 5-2 after JT gives an absolute pizza in the middle for Nick Paul. Um, and I'm like, you know what? We're up. I'm going to wear the jersey. Now, the story of the jersey is I wore it last game against Montreal. And the Leafs lost. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wear it this game. But then it's just, it's sitting there and it's just staring me in the face. And I'm like, it's such a beautiful jersey. Oh, really? Contra- but- contrary to popular belief. I know, highly debated. I love it. Whatever. So I put it on. I'm like, okay. And Alex is like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So I'm like, no, you know what? We're up 5-2. If the Leafs lose it, it's because they deserve to lose it. Whatever. They'll, they'll, if, they, if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. So I put the jersey on, and I say, what's the worst that can happen? And I even tell Alex, I'm not even going to knock on wood. I'm just going to let it happen. One minute in, Artem Zub goes in for that breakaway right out of the penal- penalty box. Great move, by the way. A great name, and then as as Alex calls him the uh, the creative player. <laughs> you gotta be here in the NHL for the entry draft, Tim Zub. And so I'm sitting there, and every time they score, obviously because Alex is delayed. So basically, picture this: I'm looking at my TV, and then I'll just go. He'll hear because he could hear from from uh, from my AirPods with plug, and then you can hear like, the sound of Gordon Miller, like saying scores, 
but he won't hear a goal horn. And then I'll just go like this. I'll literally be looking at the screen. I'll just go like, oh no! I'll just make this smirk. And then Alex will be like, he'll just he'll just face palm. So finally, they make it five four, and I'm just dying at this point. And I, I, when they made it five three, I started to take the jersey off. And what was your reaction, Alex? No, no, don't take the jersey off. We're gonna prove a point. Gonna prove a point here. So I take the jersey. And Alex, also, what what did you promise if the sends came oh, back? I'd go live on Instagram, which I did. <laughs> By the way. So excellent. I take. <laughs> so I take. So I'm like, okay, fine. I gotta keep it on. I don't know when they scored, like a minute and a half left in the period. And then I'm like, oh, my God, we're going into overtime with this. And then what happens? An absolute crazy play, a big save by, I think, Dadnov made one of those saves there, um, even though Matthews was so clearly open, but Riley still shot it. And then Riley pulled a Shea Weber. He didn't shoulder check, and he didn't even realize that Dadnov was behind him with the puck. And... Um, you know, in that moment, Dadnov, you just know he was going to score. You just knew he was going to score. And then I just looked at Alex, and Alex just, just buried himself. Not Dadnov. You have to say it properly now. Daddy on family day. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on again. We really Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. No, you know what? No. One thingy now, we got to do just a big thing with the four of us. We get Will on as well. We find out a way to also bring in Donald. And we just make it. It's just going to be absolute <laughs> yeah. chaos. It's going to be Mike yelling, uh, Will yelling back. It's just going to be absolute chaos. So much obscenity is thrown. You guys going to have to edit that like crazy. Donald's uh, asking where the basketball stop, content stop. is. Donald's going to be like, hey, 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 hey. We even talked about the Raptors. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will be back in a second to talk about the Arizona Coyotes and how they suck. All right. Sweet Leafs talk, guys. Daniel, take it away. What are we doing now? Hey, guys. So, introduction of not a bar down ripoff whatsoever, but it's no. our first quiz segment. I'm excited. I'd like to think you guys excited? inspired not by the TSN bar down quiz, but by the pop quiz I used to have on the show that Alex was never a fan mm-hmm. of. I never said I wasn't a fan of it. I, I remember asking you Star Wars questions and you just completely... That's, well, that's why. Yeah, we were asking me Star Wars questions. There we go. Or oh, you never told us you were doing a quiz. We would be talking about something and you're like, all right, guys, pop okay, quiz. Okay, pop quiz. work. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared, but today I prepared you guys. For today, we're going to do the 2014 to 2021 Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens. And as we've discussed before, the rules... Each answer is worth two points, and the bonus answer is worth one point. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I don't know. It would be a coin toss. What well, should be first, the Habs or the Leafs? Um, I don't actually have a coin. I have a coin here. Okay. Okay, flip the so coin. Bear, flip the coin. Bear is Habs. Okay. Queen is Leafs. I'm oh, no, 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 no. Hold okay, on. so Hold Queen on. is... The Queen okay. should be the British guy being the Habs. And that the- is fair. Makes a good point. The okay, Queen, Abs. We've had so many battles. Bear, Leaf. That's what, a great the bear? point. Okay. Yes. And I that's wanna, really good. I want to see when you flip it. I want to see you bring it up to the camera. I can't actually see it. Okay, there we go. Flip the coin. <laughs> wow, what we a have, flip. Will probably has the over-under on this. What a flip. All right, <laughs> we have... The Queen. Queen. God bless her. All right. 
Question one. Okay. I'm excited. In the last six seasons for the Montreal Canadiens, only one player has top 70 points. Who was it? Say that again? In the last six seasons, so since 2014, yeah. only one player in the Montreal Canadiens have, has had 70 points or more. And who is it? There's only it, it must be one guy. Oh man, I, I'm I'm feeling really I'm feeling really, really I think stupid. I know who this is. Okay. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything, but I think I know who this is. Okay. I'm gonna put a name down to be honest. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh-huh. But I'm gonna put his name down anyways. It hasn't happened often. They don't have a lot of scores. They even go past sixty points the past couple of years. Okay, I, I'm hoping I'm right. Okay, ready to. We're gonna show show our answers. Yep. You have Max Pacioretty. Oh the man! The correct answer is Alex Max oh! with seventy two <laughs> points. Oh, yes. <laughs> no. Maybe it was Pacioretty's 39. No, the bastard never clearly went 60, did he? God damn it. I didn't even think about Max Pacioretty. I was dummy. Dang it. All right. I didn't even think of Max Pacioretty as a Montreal Canadian. I feel not smart right now. God, (laughs) more than 30 goals. God damn it, Max. All right. Because I remember Domi had one really good season with the the Canadians. How did 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 Pacioretty never do it? The loser. He got close. He had like... 68 points. Yeah, yeah. 39 goal year. I believe so. Yes, it was that. One more max. God damn it. All right. Next question is in the Leafs question. In the last six tournaments, the Leafs have only had four players who made the Canadian World Junior team. Who are they? Hint. Two are on the current roster. One has recently left the organization. Canadian, Canadian, you said? Yes, on the Canadian World Junior team. There are four players. And you said what one has left recently? One has left recently. Two are on the current roster, and one is in the organization. One is in the organization. Oh crap. Okay, this is okay. So I know one of them for sure. Oh, this isn't easy. Oh, this is naughty. Okay, I'm guessing one who just left the club. It's guessing, and you're saying in in this. You said four players. Yeah, there are four players in the last six tournaments. Six tournament. Okay, what do you mean? So you said two are in the club, one's in the organization, one has recently left. Yes. What does recently mean? Like, he was here within the last year or two. Year or two. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. That's the one I'm having the most trouble with. In the organization, so not in the Leafs, maybe in the Marlins. Mm. Who just left? This is a random thing. I don't know if you're gonna remember this, Adam. Yep. You have mentioned the guy in the past in the organization to me on Twitter as a joke. Twitter as a joke? Yes. Oh god, I can't think of that. I can I, I know that's very obscure. I'm confident with three names here. The fourth one I, I cannot figure out to save my life. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give it uh, one more minute. Okay, yeah, give me I can't figure out the name who just left. Organization. Oh my god, who was in the organization? Who is it? Who is it? The Canadian World Junior Team. This is, I'm struggling here with this guy. The guy who left, I'm trying to remember who left it, who was traded from this team. It had to have been a young guy. Um, no. Who is the, oh my God, American. who's in the organization? 
Who is it? Okay, I'm gonna go with a guess here. I'm thinking of Russians. I can't think of a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I that's actually the, that's the that's the difficulty here because the Leafs actually don't have okay. many it's people making Swedes it recently. It's Swedes. I can't. Okay. I think I, I have right. the name. I can't you even guys think. You know ready? This guy for the hell of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he can read. Okay. Name. So I have Marner, Dermot, Ian Scott, and Sean Dursey. Okay, you got three out of the four. Wait, which one did I? Okay, Adam Sean Dursey was the wrong one. Okay, <sighs> I, went, I went Holloway. I don't even know if that's a natural guy from getting mixed. Up. <laughs> I, said, I said Riley, Kadri, and Marner. No. So none of them? You guys both six, got them six wrong. seasons. Six seasons. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the correct answer yeah. is Mitch Marner. Yeah. Travis Dermott. Yeah. Ian Scott. Ian Scott. And you guys forgot this guy. Freddie oh, the Goat. No! No! <laughs> oh! I didn't even think about Frederick Gauthier. I've been thinking about, tra- I'm thinking trades. I'm like, who did they trade? Okay, Jake Muzzin. I thought Trevor Moore. I'm like, he's American. So is it still the points to. Wait a second. Out? Yes. Wait a second. Wait a uh-huh. second. When did Frederick Gauthier play in the World Juniors? 2015. He was on the McDavid uh, Domi. Uh, Anthony Duclair team. Zach Fukali team. Damn. I, I knew you were them. doing World Juniors too. I knew it. You knew okay. it. All right. That's disappointing. All right. Question two for the Habs. In, 2000, in the 2013-2014 season, the Habs actually had two goalies in the organization who would go on to be nominated in their careers for the Hart and Vesna trophies. The first one is pretty obvious, but who is the second? Wait. Say that again. I know in who it is. In the 2013, oh. 2000, wait. Do you do you want to say the other the question again? Yeah, yeah. In the 2013 2014 season, the Habs had two goalies in the organization who would go on to be nominated in their careers for the Hart and Vesna trophies. The first one is pretty obvious, but who was yeah. the second? Second. Okay, I'm thinking goalies. I, I'm not. I know he was. It was a Vesna. I don't know if he was a Hart nominee. I could be wrong here. But there's one goalie who is standing out like a sore thumb for this. And what's funny, I, I was uh, at Montreal trades earlier, actually. And I, okay, I, but this is the only guy I can think of. Because goalies for the heart is so freaking rare, too. Like, Price was the last one I can remember. But unless, oh, because here's what sucks. 13, 14 was my first year, but I only started watching after the Olympics. If I get this, I'm going to be very, very proud of myself. I have a name, but I, I know it's wrong. I just, I think this is the only name that, that came to me. I'm just trying to think who's, what goalie's been nominated for a heart. Like, this is the that's only game. Stepping me up is the that, heart. That's the only name that's come this come into my mind right now. So, uh, right. Is he a hard Okay. That's where I'm stuck. I have a name because I know Vesna. I know there's another Vesna guy who was in there. I don't know the heart. <laughs> and I, Teodor was not around for 1314. So who? Who? I'll say Teodor was not around for 1314 anymore. Damn it! That was my. I'm like just screw. I'm like yeah. just the only okay. name. Do you need the name? I, I no, just, be, yeah within the organization of that year. Am I? Are we good to go? I'm good. I can't think of another. I name. know Devin Dubnik was up for a Vesna. I know that, and he was mm-hmm. part of Montreal. And he was traded to Nashville for future considerations. Okay. You guys have your answers. Yeah, yeah. I said right. Devin Dubnik. I said Carey okay. Price, and I wrote down Jose Theodore because I couldn't think of anyone else. 
The correct answer is Devin Dubnik. Oh, he went with, wait, when was he? Yeah. He was drafted by Montreal, but he won with the, when, when, when was he a heart trophy? When he was with the Wild. Was it the same year? When, really? Yes, when he would go on to it. So the thing is, technically, by a split vote, he was fourth in the voting, but he was tied for third. Gigi. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Dubnik, people forget he was around. But, oh, God, they just – the goalies in Montreal are so weird. So weird. Yeah, I remember they had him. I, I, when I was reading through this, I actually forgot as well. Yeah, it's – man, he's weird. So, okay. Oh, All right. I'm mad. I'm mad about this. You ready for the next Leafs question? Yeah. Yeah. I think this one's pretty easy. Um, originally drafted by the Leafs in 2000. Before he made the 80, before that he made the NHL, he was part of a deal that brought Sharks captain Owen Nolan to Toronto at the 2003 deadline. He returned to Toronto as a free agent in 2015, finally making his debut with his original draft team. Who is it? Wait, wait. Say that he's he never played for he never played for the Leafs beforehand. Yes, he was drafted by them, but before he got out of the junior, he was traded. To the Sharks in a package for Owen Nolan in 2003. Then he returned to the organization in 2015. Okay. Um, I'm terrible. Okay. I'm not going to get 2015. Just remember a hint for that is this team was really bad. Yeah. 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 And they signed a bunch of guys. <laughs> okay. I think I have the answer. Okay. If it helps, he was a first round pick. Yeah, no, okay. You're make I feel more right about my answer. Okay. I think. All right. Adam, are you okay? Yeah. I'm not gonna get it. All right. You guys can show it. Yeah. Alex, Uh, you Dominic Moore. And Adam. I said Roman Polak. Oh good. Um you are both incorrect. Really? Who was it? It was Brad Boys. Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I would have never gotten that. He was like the third leading score on that year. <laughs> I was He made the Olympic team, didn't he? Um, I cannot remember that. I felt so good with my Dominic Moore answer cuz I knew he was drafted by the Leafs too, was he not? Dominic Moore. Um I believe he was drafted by the New York Rangers in 2000. And you were right about that, but he was 95th overall. <laughs> Close enough. How many more questions do we have here? We have quite a few. Six, I'm, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm into this now. All right. To increase some scoring with an inevitable playoff run, Montreal went for it at the last minute of the trade deadline in 2014. What was the deal? I think I know the player. I okay. don't know the deal. I'll take the player oh. instead of the deal for this one. You see, this is 2014? Yes. Okay, all right. Because there were a few names from that run that are really, really good when it came to scoring. Lars Eller was one of them, but obviously he'd been in for, for a long time. Okay, I, I think I think I know who it is. Okay, I think I got it. I got it down. All right. I'll give you one more minute, Alex. In 2014. That was a fun year. Great year. I could give you a hint. Sure. At the time, he was technically considered one – of the better snipers in the NHL. And this was the second time he was traded that year. Was it? Yes. I'm crap. I maybe should have, I, I, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I'm getting nervous now, but I'm going to, I have, I have my answer locked in. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, 
say I, I don't know on this one. I'm gonna pass. Okay, you ready? Was it Thomas Vanek? All right, oh. Alex. I don't have anything. Okay, down. Adam, you're correct. Yes, that's a good one. That's everyone forget. He was, you know what? I remember him being kind of crap in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he was mad. I remember Thomas Vanek. I think they flipped him in the summer too. All right, we are at question three for the Leafs. During the 2015-16 season, only two players topped 40 points or more. Who are they? Mm. And this is one of their first bonus ones that we have. Ooh, okay, I may know this. And this was the year they finished last, correct? Yes. Okay. Does it have to be with they had to finish the season with the team? Yes. These guys both finished the season with the team. Okay, I, I think I have my answers on them. Okay. Alex, how are you? Yeah, just give me a second. 15, 16. This is suspenseful. <laughs> I'm excited. This is this is exciting. This is exciting stuff. This is Daniel, you've you've created something. Okay. Yes. All right. You guys answer. ready to show your answers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I said Leo Komarov and P.A. Parento. Okay. Uh, I said Kadri and Parento. And the correct answer is Alex with Pierre Parento and Nazim Kadri. I forgot about Kadri. I thought Komarov because he was an all star or something. Around. That's That would have been a good Dang show. It. I almost right. wrote down did, uh, do you know how many points Michael Grabner had? He had like. Like remember that was a year he like he could not like he shot like crazy yeah. at the net but he could not score Michael Grabner that year I think he got traded did he not uh, I was gonna he stayed put... he stayed the full year he played oh. eighty games but he only put up eighteen points oh never mind nine goals no, nine was... assists is it four four then it is I think so yes it is okay all right okay good Actually, Pete... no it is. Yes. No, no it is. Four. <laughs> it is 4-4, four, four, yes. Yeah, um, this is the bonus question. Okay, this is bonus. worth one point. Only one player that season for the Leafs played 82 games. Who is it? Leo Komarov. Okay, Alex? Sorry, I should have written that down. That's no, cool. That's cool, Alex? I have no idea. It wasn't parent, though, because he got a concussion, didn't he? Yeah. Then they couldn't trade him. Yeah. Hi. Um... I'm going to go with Komarov, too. Okay. Um, the correct answer is Morgan Riley. Ah, whatever. God damn it. That's cheeky. Shoot. That's cheeky. Good show. Okay. All right. Seven. I have Next to get one. Abs question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, I think this is, this is going to probably be the easiest one. Okay. During this time frame that we are focusing on, only three Habs players have had 30 goals or more. Who are these three players? Over the past from since oh. 2014 until now. Okay, you say it's three people. Yes. Okay. I'll give you guys one minute. Okay, I'm I'm done with the Alex's. I sound like a TA. Like you guys have one more minute. Yep. And then pencils down. I had a really nice one named Chloe in like second year. Shout out to Chloe. Hope you're well with yep. your studies. Yeah. All right. Doo-ba-doo-doo. Oh, you good, wow. Alex? This is stressful stuff. This is stressful stuff. No, one second. 
It's embarrassing to think they've only had three, by the way. Okay, I'm going. Uh, All right. I can't see it. Galchenyuk, Pacioretty, and Tatar. Okay, Alex, Adam. I had Chucky, Galchenyuk, Gally Gallagher, and Max Pacioretty. And the correct answer is Adam. I thought Tatar Tatar was close. He had 28 goals. Last year, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought he had three last year. Yeah. Max is like, I think Max had probably two or three years where he didn't do it, but that's everything he freaking did. God, I I have to get a Leafs one here. Like, I can't. This is bad. This looks bad. Alex got the the Domi one. I have to get on it here. All right. Next question for the Leafs. Known as a Mike Babcock type of guy. He was praised as an effective penalty killer and centered the fourth line. He left the team in the offseason only to be reclaimed on waivers the next season by Toronto. Who is it? Wait, well, what year What year was, was it? It was 2016 and 2017. And then he was re-signed in 2018. Oh, but not- the thing is, the hint for this is in 2018, he never played for the Leafs, but he was with the organization. And Mike Babcock, fourth line center. It wasn't Boyle because he was a rental that one year. Oh, I'll give I you a know. hint. Yeah, please. Where he kept being brought back and he was called Toronto's Luke Glendening. Oh, why can't I think of this? It's right there. Who? Fourth line center. Fourth line center. Um, another hint, he is not listed as a center, but Mike Babcock played him at center. Oh, this is going to kill me. I can't. I can't think of it. Just, just wait, wait a second. Just give me a second. Okay, so he uh, he signed with the team, and he was he with the team before 2016? He was acquired in 2016 in the trade. A deadline trade. And then remained with the team and became a Mike Babcock favorite from that point on. Oh man, this is gonna read it one more time, please. The question. Okay. Known as a Mike Babcock type of guy, he was praised as an effective penalty killer and centered the fourth line. He left the team in the offseason only to be reclaimed on waivers the next season by Toronto. Who is it? I can't figure it out. All right. Okay, so he was acquired via trade in 2016. Yeah, when they had the whole fire sale. He was in a package. It wasn't just him. I'm going to throw in the towel here. I don't know. Okay. Alex? One second. That's a good one, Dave. That's a really Okay, good one. I'm going to go with a name here. It's probably wrong, but... Okay. okay. And you wrote down. I wrote down Oli Jokinen. That is incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is Ben Smith. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, God, he said no. in the San Jose, right? Yeah, he was in the San Jose deal oh. with James Reimer. That's a bastard one. That's good. God damn. Yeah, that was cheeky, Daniel. That was cheeky. Next question. Um, it is called the Czech connection at the time these two undrafted players in the czech republic attracted significant nhl interest as immediate pros a forward in july 2014 and a defenseman in may 2017 both going to the montreal Canadiens. who are Sorry. these two players oh, go do the dates again 
a forward in July 2014 and a defenseman in May 2017. Who are these two players? I, I know the forward. I can't remember the defenseman to save my life. No. Does no, any know for the, like the defense? Yeah. The forward too. Damn it. I can't remember his name. What May is I, it? Can I, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, are they still in the league? No. No, it was it was it a one and done type situation? Um both of them were actually traded a year after they were signed. I, I you do not know how much it's making me mad that I can't remember this defenseman's name. I it was God, what was his it was God, oh how Daniel, you've done this to me. You've done this to me, Daniel. I'm I actually point, might say this guy's name wrong, by the way. I'm a point. Man. I'm a point behind, so I I need to get a question done soon here. I know the I know what's the defenseman because I remember where he was traded to as well. I remember where the defenseman was traded. Oh, this is killing me. I don't know either of them. Why have you done this? <laughs> Why have you done this? I can't, I'm throwing. I can't remember the defenseman. I, yeah, I can't. I, I can't. Okay. I throw a towel. You guys throw in the towel. I don't have any. Yet. Well, what would what do you think the forward was at least? It was Yerji Seikash. Oh. Okay, that was correct. Yes. Like the defenseman. I can't remember I it. He got traded to Washington though. Yes, you're right about that. Well, what's his name? All right, it's Jakob Yerabek. Jacob Yerabek. Yeah. I yes. Him, no stupid Yerjebek. No, I would, have, I would have never guessed either of those players. No. No. And they were getting all the checks in the summer, and they were like, "Oh, they're gonna." God damn it! All That's right, so annoying. Next one, Jacob Yerjebek. That bastard. Is this the last one? No, we have one each on each team after this. Good. Okay. Good. 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 All right. Technically, okay. You on? Sorry. I'm, I'm just ranting still. How okay. Can you not remember that. <laughs> you need a moment. No. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. Question five for the Leafs. Technically, he was Toronto's top line center in 2009, which were very dark times. However, he returned to be the team's fourth line center for the 2017-28 season. 2018 season. Who is this? You want me to read it again? No, this time I think I'm right. Okay. This time I think I'm right. I guess my hint is he actually was signed for a lot of money. <laughs> Based Wait, on his skill. The first time around or the second time the around? The second time around. In 1718. Okay, maybe I'm wrong again. The Leafs and the goddamn Simon. Read it one more time, please. Daniel. Yeah. Technically, he was Toronto's top line center in the 2008-2009 season. He returned to the team to be the fourth line center for the 2017 and 18 season. Who Did he end it? up playing? Yeah, he played. The first line center. I, I think I'm right. Just remember, it's a guy that returned to the team. Yeah. I can't think of it, but I have a name down anyway. Okay. Like, are we All good right. to go? Yeah, yeah go good. on. You can go first. I, I said Dominic Moore. So okay. did I. 
I think yes, I'm, you go uh, got it right. Okay, I only got that because Alex said this time I think I'm right. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Stupid decision from me. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't have you guys got that one. What was the hint that got you? Uh, he was a center in 09 and then signed in 1718. All right, that's what got me the question. This is the last Habs question in 2015. Carey Price won the Vesna and Hart Trophy. He is the only blank goalie in NHL history to accomplish this feat. The only blank goalie? Yes. The only blank goalie in NHL history. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were tricking me because he's the only goalie to win all four, but you're saying he's the only blank goalie to win the Vesna and the Hart? Read that again, sorry. Okay. In 2015, Carey Price won the Vesna and Hart Trophy. He is okay. the only blank goalie in NHL history to accomplish this feat. The only blank goalie to win the Hart and... Okay, I think I know what it is. Okay. I think I know what it is. I'm not going to give too much away here. This also has a bonus question. This is cheeky, by the way, Daniel. This is very, very cheeky of you. This is very, very cheeky. I love that season. That's my favorite season in NHL history because Price was just putting on a show. The only blank goalie to have won the Hart and the Vesna. Okay. All right, I've got my answer. I, I don't know. I think this is right. I don't even okay. know if it's right, to be honest. I put, I put okay. Canadian. Okay. So, Adam. I'm so Taylor. It's a number, by the way. What? It's a number. What? It's a number. You did not make that clear. I was going to okay, say. Okay, my apologies. Um, I was going to say BC born. Oh. Okay, well, well, we'll do that again. He's the only blank number in NHL history. To accomplish this feat, the only oh wait what? Like oh, you could say he's like the second or third goalie to have ever yeah, won yeah. The and the Vesna. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot harder. That's very difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna take a guess. I got that from a uh, athletic article, by the way, because <laughs> I was like reading through like records. Okay, I'm gonna take a guess. Okay. Whenever. I'm double thinking myself here. Okay. Okay. Are we, I said third. <laughs> so did I. I. Find it, but like okay. if, it's, if it's second, I'm gonna be very mad. It's third. Okay. I wrote third as well. All right. The correct answer is fourth. Really? So yes. let, me, let me guess. So Taylor, obviously, like Hashik and Wall or Broder. Um. Who was it? Uh. I believe you were right for some of them. Um, That's cheeky. The other ones are... All right. Then, apologies. Then, then, it is... Um, I imagine one of Marty... God, right? Wait, where was it again? Um, so annoying. That's incredibly. I'm not over Yerjebek, much less that question. And it's it's eight to six to me, right? Going into the yeah, you have a bonus and the last Leafs question, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I'll look it for it after. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. here yeah. is the uh, 
Last leaf question. I thought, I thought, what about the bonus? I, I mean, oh, yeah, sorry. There's a few. Oh, the bonus? You actually got it right. It was Jose Theodore. And I said, who was the other franchise goalie to do it? Wait, so what? He gets an extra point? I mean, no, he said it before answering. He said it while he was explaining his other answer. So oh. that's a Jeopardy thing right there. I think yeah. that, I, and I say we throw it out the window. I don't think I should get the point there. Okay. All right. So it was 8 6. I have to get this question right. Um, I have other questions to do if you guys want to keep going, but I think it's a bit Leafs heavy if that's okay with you guys. Oh, how about this? Let's get the last question. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it is. Okay. Because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really want to win. Okay. Okay. Let's just go. Just let's throw the, does the next question have a bonus in it? Um, there's a, I could switch it up and do another. No, bonus. It doesn't matter. It's okay. okay. Just go with the next question. If it's yeah, tied, it's tied. It's All right. Tie. Then if, like, if we need a bonus, then, oh, no, you're the quiz master. Sorry. You... Yeah, Last no question. Worries. Okay. As an homage to Leafs legend, Felix Potvin, in the 2016-17 season, this goalie played two NHL games with a Felix the Cat-inspired goalie mask. Who is it? In 16-17. He played how many games? Two games. With that mask? Or yes. just in general? Oh, damn. What's like his name? What's his just, name? What's people his made a lot name? of headlines because he had the mask on. Oh, what's his name? Okay. I... I... I have no, I have no idea. I, I, have written a name down. Let's see if I get it right. I have a okay. name written down because I don't think it's Anderson. No. Okay. So you have. I said Curtis McElhinney. I okay. said Jonas Enroth. All right. You were both incorrect. What? Yes. Oh, correct... oh my! Is it Garrett Sparks? No. The correct answer is Anton Bibo. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I lost because of Antoine Bibo. This is typical Leafs. Typical Leafs throwing <laughs> me under the bus. He had a solid one and one, but he had a 1.98 goals against average. I didn't even know he played that year. So, do I get the victory corner like the TSN guys do? Yes. All right. So well, you, Adam, is the winner for our first segment of the quiz, the two on one podcast Holy. quiz. I'd like to thank. Devin Dubnik and Thomas Vanek out there. Um, I want to thank Cap Friendly for having the trade tracker of Mark Bergevin's moves because without it, I would have lost today. I really would have lost today. I would not have had Dubnik. Maybe, I don't know. Um, Jacob Yerjebek, God damn it. Um, but good game, Alex. Very, game. very, very well done, Daniel. Yeah. I think now I have to go make a belt. Okay. Get Thanks, a score. guys. We will see you all in a second because I remember we actually have the rest of the show to go. Exactly. All right. We are back oh, once again. Good conversation. Alrighty then. What? Are we good? Yeah, yeah. We're good. We've been good. We're on. I was it's just on. doing making a joke. On. Quit clowning around. It's on. Love it. <laughs> I miss Brian. I miss Brian Burke so much. You didn't sign my book. That's good. I'll send it to Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, right then, lads. The Penguins actually in the Brian Burke era lost their first game last night versus the Washington Capitals. Fire Brian Burke. What? Uh-huh. Back to Sportsnet. You gotta love like watch like listening to Anthony Stewart talk about ah Burke's gonna make a move. And it's like <laughs> he's not in charge of that. Stop it. Yeah. Give some freaking credit, Ron. He's like. 
It's only because he was in sports. We're all about caring about the presence of hockey ops. All of hey, a listen. Neither does uh, you don't care about ne- Neither does Masayu Ujiri. But uh, always for, we kind of know we love the show. We love Bobby Webster. We do. We do. He's great. So what? The only big name that needs a contract now, or what? Like, are Messiah and Kyle? Does Kyle need a deal? I believe so. Yeah. And yeah. Messiah. But he's like thirty-five. Yeah, but it's Kyle. What do you do with Kyle, Daniel? I ask what he wants. That's good. Like, answer. that's a great answer. Like, he has given so much to the city already. Gave him a championship. You know, he's. But six-time All-Star, well, people say he should have been seventh. But the thing is, you ask, okay, this is where we are before the deadline. You you want to keep going, or do you want one? You want you know another shot at it? Is it is it possible? Like uh, something? I mean, it's happened multiple times, I think, in hockey. But um, a couple or a few years ago, with Thomas Blakanics trade traded to the Leafs and then re-signs with the team. The next year, if the Are if we the to talk about that, yeah, Are we to talk about that <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to talk about the trade. Okay. It's okay. I remember last time I had to apologize. <laughs> no, it's because <laughs> it's because what you said before Thomas Blakan. Okay, that's okay, why okay. I have to apologize. <laughs> okay, um, like can, I is that is that at all a possibility? If the I mean things seem to be changing for the Raptors, but if the Raptors, let's say they're hovering out of a playoff spot by trade I think, deadline. I think, yeah, they would do that, get something for Kyle. And I think people have to kind of take away from the expectation that this guy's a pending 35, pending free agent is a 35 year old that yeah. you're not going to get what your heart wants you to get out of it. But I'm saying like, as if you get compensation for it, great, but it's, it's a thing where, um, you're going to have to look at the offseason and say, okay, where are the Raptors at? Because they prepared for this to say, okay, we have this cap space. What are we going to do with it? And then I think he assessed right, the situation. Right, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yes. So we have Will on the show. Okay. Or I Donald. Think... Or, yeah, the perfect excuse to get Donald on. Yeah. I, I do think Will will be upset if we don't. We just have to have, we have, to have a lineup of an episode where one segment we get Mike. And done. We're gonna get so relaxed with this. Like one time, we're gonna send in like there's gonna be like twelve participants. <laughs> get more people than the annual uh, class, like one of our like Tuesday classes or something. Everyone's gonna like interrupt each other. Yeah. We just get into a, one of our classrooms, and then we just start recording. Like, hey, hey, guys, we're back. <laughs> like, Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> the professor's like, "What the hell is going on? Get out of here! We're recording podcast. Go, it's over. You lost its class. Pardon? Then we tell him to get out of our Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Doctor Gold. <laughs> All right, then. No, Gary. Gary is a champ. He'd understand. Listen, he has to help us with the lighting because if we're glistening, then no one's listening. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this mic, your lighting is really bad. <laughs> Right. Um, you know what? I would keep Kyle Lowry, by the way, because you want the legacy. Lifelong mm-hmm. Raptor, that's what I want to see. But then I also, when I think of legacy, I wonder to myself, what will the legacy of the Arizona Coyotes be? The jerseys. That, I just want to point out, that is a spectacular transition. That is honestly the best thing that's ever going to come out of that organization. 
is honestly the jerseys. They are great. So it's really funny that we had Will Baldwin on the show, and he had that very good question. He kept asking, why are the Coyotes still in Arizona? And he talked about just how much of a joke it was. And then a few days later, actually, it might have been like the next day, the Athletics, Katie Strang, who is an MVP, by the way, this eclipses the Russo article, I believe, on the Paul Fenton expose. This article talking about the Arizona Coyotes, I kind of just, have you guys ever watched Game of Thrones? No. Up until uh, season three, the beginning of season three. So, Daniel, you may remember this. There's a scene how Varys and Littlefinger had those little speeches before going, like those conversations with each other before going into the small council room. Mm-hmm. There's a conversation where these two characters are talking about what chaos is, and Varys is like, it's a deep pit. And then my boy Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, goes, chaos is a ladder. He just he goes, 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 goes. And that's what this article is for the Arizona Coyotes. It just... It just incrementally gets worse and worse, and you get to the top of it. You get to the end of it, and it's like it starts like joking about how cheap the yotes are, and about apparently one of their like team members is going on about ah I can save all this money on napkins, and jokes about how they wouldn't expense pizzas when the Morellos like started a pizzeria thing. Like it's it's incredible, right? And then it just goes deeper and deeper into the sort of financial i don't know how, stop me if you've heard this before the financial stability of the coyotes new ownership group goes into stuff like sexual harassment more stuff in the mitchell miller stuff just what it's like being a employee with the coyotes right now and i'm going to read you some snippets it's a very big article but it is a hundred percent worth the read i think this may be my favorite sports article of all time like eclipsing the Carey Price big thing that Eric Engels did last year. This is that good. First off, I think the three of us, before we get into this, because the Coyotes have responded, and they kind of like insinuated there was, they were going to, I don't know, take further action against the athletic. Well, mm-hmm. Now, I want to preface this because there's one thing that the three of us as journalism students can guarantee is that this article has probably been lawyered to hell. Like, I oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come how on. many they like the athletic were like, are we it to this guy, this guy, this guy? I can only imagine how long this has actually sort of been in the pipeline. This article. Like, this isn't, uh, th- this isn't like Joe Schmo writing an article on his blog. Like, this is, like, this is one of the biggest sport media companies in the, like, in North America. Mm-hmm. It's, it was like reading this was, Wow, all of this is mounting up, but am I surprised? No. You know what? That like it's a very small snippet of this, but it's the one that really kind of got to me was Tyler Steenbergen was not paid on time. My boy Tyler Steenbergen, real junior legend, yes. scored the game-winning goal against Sweden. And his agent actually, that was that was great. That was great. That wasn't like his first goal of the tournament too. And how yeah. his agent apparently they went to the Coyotes, they filed a grievance. But we all know about they were late to pay their per diems. There was this stuff of Cheka and how um, who was his assistant? What's his name? He just got Sullivan. Fired. Sullivan. Sullivan getting let Steve go. Sullivan. Steve Sullivan. And listen. John Chaika was not without his faults. I think we have been very critical of him on the show. And I think rightfully yeah. so, right? But it's just the sense you get from this article about the Coyotes' new ownership group. Apparently, 
I believe it was they tried to get involved with an NBA franchise, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, the yes. Hawks. Yeah, Atlanta. And there was actually a concern back then about the financial stability of Morello taking over. <laughs> and apparently his worth is about $2 billion, which for like NHL ownership, that's great. But it's just very, it, it's an immediate red flag that that league were questions. And apparently at the time, the Morellos claimed there was some sort of labor sort of concern about it. So that's already a red flag. What <laughs> year? The, uh, I, I don't remember in the article. I don't know if either of you have it up. What year did they try to buy the Hawks? I believe it was 2011. So it's been like 10 years. Okay. No, time-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August 2011. Mm-hmm. But the deal fell apart just a few months later, they according they- to the article. Apparently, there is some sort of case involving the airlines the Coyotes use about unpaid sort of about unpaid fares. I guess there's also talk about how apparently the have you guys ever seen the show Dirty John on Netflix? No. no? Okay, never mind. So from talking and Katie Strang has talked to so many people in this article, it's incredible. I can only imagine the like. First of all, to her, amazing article by the way. Like this is oh yeah, simply sensational is apparently the Coyotes seem to have this sort of tactic of grinding you down or this new ownership group. Apparently when there is any sort of claim against them or something. And it, I don't wanna, I have to be very careful here because you know, slander. But the Coyotes appear to, like this new ownership group, they seem very cheap, they seem a bit scummy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to, you get what I'm trying to say without yeah, saying it, right? Yeah. You seem like the kind of guys that are selling you a watch on the corner and they, like, they're taking out their long trench coats. Okay, them. that's what? a bit of a stretch. And the watch doesn't work when you get, you know what I mean? It's just it's, the one thing, yeah, go on, Ox. I go ahead, it's okay. Oh, just for me, I just need, like, and I maybe I'm just still sticking more to what I've seen with them in years past is the way they've been actually been able to kind of like field the team that the, the kind of trades they've done, the players they've drafted, you know, I've, I've said it before. I love Barrett Hayden, but you know, they at a time where, you know, you really got to hit on those draft picks. They go off the board that when these decisions come up, like, like it's just kind of like they keep digging the hole even deeper. Yeah. Like the, when just, to speak on what Adam was saying there for a second. Like, I think there's a difference between between trying to bargain with somebody and trying to get a cheaper price, especially when, when you're working in, in that business and it's not like you're working in small quantities, you're able to say, okay, like, listen, can we cut this price down a little bit? But there's, and I, but I think there's a difference between trying to bargain and grinding down the way from the way I was reading what they were doing. Like, I think there's a huge difference between these two things. Do you remember during the bubble, teams were complaining that some squads were getting, like, fancy food and, like, wraps and some It work? was all Arizona complaining. I wonder now because I really remember yeah. Nick Spence pizza. The, uh, like, it's, there's just so many concerning things. And, and, and the biggest thing for me was... Fine. When when with about the financials of it is they always they always said well you know we're going through all these changes and you know sometimes there's going to be mistakes 
I'm sorry. I don't know any other business like business that is run well that when things change, it ends up like this. Like this is a new level of I don't know what. And you know what? It's not incompetence. It sounds purposeful by the coyotes. It was there was a quote in the article that said the way they sort of had these dealings, they had done it before. Now another sort of concern, and this is th- this is where it starts getting a bit. Oh no, my God. So Alex Morello's son has apparently started becoming a very big part of the team. And it kind of goes to this bigger picture that it seems from this article that a lot of the ownership group is, is, is sort of their new sort of style of running the team is very much how they would do a diner, a pizzeria, but they're applying it to a hockey team. And what's concerning about like Morello's son is I have a little bit of the article I'm going to read up here. Okay. During interviews for the Coyotes GM position, multiple GM candidates said they felt that Morello, sorry, Morello Gutierrez and Alex Morello Jr. displayed a general lack of awareness about the requirements of the job. These candidates said they were very uncomfortable with the level Morello Jr.'s apparent, sorry, uncomfortable with Morello Jr.'s apparent level of influence over hockey operations despite having limited understanding of organizational hierarchy the salary cap and day-to-day operations. By the way, the salary cap nowadays is pretty important. Morello Jr., whose title is strategic advisor of business and hockey operations, was differential in the first few months after his father purchased the, the team, shy and eager to learn, but grew increasingly hands-on and emboldened, sources say. He took a more active role in player evaluation despite the lack of experience in professional hockey. Those within the hockey operations department gave him assignments to help learn some of the nuances of player evaluation. But, um, hold on a minute. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. We're all good. We're all good. I have to switch because I'm on my phone. I didn't have the actual article up. Hold on for player evaluations. But, I'm so sorry. Why can I not find it? But anyway, he did it. There was a part of the article where he says his penchant for scrolling through YouTube videos unrelated to hockey during the workday was well known around the offices. Uh, is the way I'm trying to get to. For some reason, I can't find where I left off. But basically, guy gets his kid in the thing and he's too busy probably watching Minecraft tutorials. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's, that's so what's, random. That's what's in my Minecraft, my YouTube recommendation. <laughs> Instead of actually learning the ins and outs of the business, you know and what this, this is, sorry, if anything happens to his, t- his dad, is probably now running the squad. Do you know what this feels like? Um, it's it, much worse than TJ Fetton, but it's like that. Yeah, it's like the, imagine one of us became co hosts of Tim and whatever. It's now Tim and Adam, Tim and Daniel, Tim and Alex, whatever. And the, Tim is giving us, we've never been on live radio or TV before, right? And Tim's giving us tips and say, and then after a while, we take the tips at first and whatever. And then after a while, we just stop taking his tips and doing whatever we want. That's what this is like. Just ruining and ruining and ruining and ruining. How do you get in? Like, I think people get into things they don't necessarily know the most about. But what makes them successful is that they learn about it and then they learn more about it and then they learn more about it until they're actually competent in in the business that they are conducting in. 
that's just how good business <laughs> good businesses yeah. are run, right? Like a restaurant owner, he's a restaurant owner is not going to just open up a restaurant without learning how to make food. Without <laughs> coming up without <laughs> without coming up with a menu and say this is what I'm going to make every single day, not changing the menu every single day when that's just not possible. I just I just thought of like let me make this restaurant. Wait, hold on. Do I know how to cook? <laughs> Do I know anything about customer service, food, or anything? No, I don't. I bought a restaurant. Now I'm on Kitchen Nightmares, and a month later, after the filming's done, my restaurant is closed. AKA every episode of Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, <laughs> anyway, another sort of. We all remember the Mitchell Miller situation. Mm-hmm. If you don't, God bless you that you don't have to remember that. Um, though, apparently, blame going around the league, sorry, within the organization was getting kind of naff here. Apparently, a mental health consultant was a one-time blade, even though apparently this person had nothing to do with scouting or anything to do with the draft list. Now, eventually, they then went back and said, ah, no, it wasn't you at all. But the worst part is apparently at the time, this mental health consultant actually raised concern about the Mitchell Miller pick and like his lack of empathy towards what he had done to, I think it was Isaiah Carruthers was the name of the, of the kid he bullied. I, I feel terrible. I can't remember it. But was this before? Was, sorry, because maybe uh, um, this was after John Chica got fired, right? Because under Chica, I think he was on the do not draft list. Yeah, that's another part of it. I don't know okay. how that exact part, but that was also okay. during the Chica part that when Chica was still there, that brain trust made the decision that they were not drafting Mitchell Miller. And then here comes and it's a total show. So that that's that's interesting because um Bill Ar- like obviously Bill Armstrong couldn't participate in the draft. I think in the story Katie yeah. Strang wrote that he was in like a completely different um room or area of the building. I think he's she said he was in the coach's room yeah. and they were aware and they were in a different room. So Steve Sullivan was part of part of Chaika's brain trust, I guess, right? He was the assistant mm-hmm. general manager. Yeah. So my question is who made the, dis- like at, at the end of the day, who made the decision with the fourth round pick, we're going to select um, Miller because I think for me in my head, there's two scenarios here. Uh, Sullivan said, screw it. We're going to take him anyways, even though we've been advised not to from this particular person and there's the ownership getting involved saying take the best player available like this is who we're picking something that would probably happen in ottawa it's kind of weird that at that point in the draft given this guy's reputation and this is just from my own perspective right that what i've mentioned before of a team known for going off the board so many times you decide to kind of go with best player available if that was the decision. And it is off the board because a lot of teams didn't even have yeah. that list. Right. Couldn't have gone more off the board. Like it's I'm very I'd be very interested to know that what was going on in that room at the time of, of the pick. Because I'd have to imagine Marulo, his son, Gutierrez, and Steve Sullivan are all in that room at the same time during the draft. Plus scouter, uh, scouter too. If there's any left, because at, the, at this point, man, there's there's saving money and running in the fishing business. Because I think apparently Morello was very upset that there was a projection of losing fifty million dollars in revenue 
which is a gut that's pretty bad. Um, but then there is just uh, apparently too. This guy has like just verbally just undressed people. Apparently he went off about a person who called him Alex instead of Mr. Morello, um, which is like. Uh, you need to do that. Like, it's a polite thing, you know, to just say, like, if you would prefer to be called, like, I've had, we've all had professors that have, you know, a PhD and they don't want to be called professor. They want to be called doctor because then there is, you know, seeming to be a jerk about it. And just, right. If you are the boss, there is a certain, there's the three F's of leadership. They need to be firm. You need to be fair. You need to be friendly. And everything of this article just seems to point the other way. Um, one last point I want to mention, and there is a ton in this article. Now, the reason I'm not reading a bunch of it, and we're not going to talk about a ton of it, is because go read the article itself. It is worth the time. It is so, so good. Last thing I want to mention here, and it's related because I don't know if you've ever heard of COVID, but it's pretty bad here. And it sucks that the Americans who did not take it seriously are the ones with all the vaccines. I just want to go to a hockey game, guys. We will one day when we're all vaccinated. We are Marley's. not gonna. We are not gonna procrastinate anymore. We're, We're gonna, gonna go to a Marley's rocket, rocket game. game. Daniel, I am a healthy twenty-one-year-old white guy. I am not getting that vaccine this year. No, I can, maybe in I December. We'll go. Um, I don't know. We'll put it in our calendars now. Uh, what are you guys doing in two years? It's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, have a job. Knowing the way journalism works, I'm doing some stuff in Halifax covering right. local minor hockey programs. But we're still meeting up for these, so you know. Right? We'll, we'll meet for a Mooseheads game then. See, we gotta just. COVID has taught us we have to roll with the opportunities. Uh, anyway, last thing on the Coyotes here. <laughs> yeah. So from the article, quote: The Coyotes hold a bi-monthly company-wide call called Pack Update. Is the coyotes you see, which clever is, but don't which, which include it. departmental happenings and activities and howl outs for certain achievements? The constant reinforcement of the concept of family on these calls has become hard to square with reality. Employees and frustrated sorry, employees are frustrated with the change in health benefits. Mm-hmm. The pressure to work in the office rather than remotely, and what feels like to some an implicit directive to attend games despite COVID-19 concerns. And like, again, that's not even the worst part. There's a bit in an article about an unwanted like sexual, um, oh, I, I, why the kind of think of it, like an advancement of a female employee that was just totally oh. not okay with it, but apparently she has not commented and that you don't, you don't blame her for something like this, but I going forward is is i don't want to ask the question that we always do with the arizona arizona carries how are they still here i don't even know what is the nhl gonna do there's just it's just uh it's groundhog day with the coyotes is we're gonna wake up tomorrow the week from now a month a year and nothing has changed with this organization and there is there have been bad owners there have been nosy owners but the Morello was just, I personally, guys, do not see the Arizona Coyotes going anywhere still under this yeah. ownership group. And quite frankly, I am really sad that Oliver Ekman Larson did not get out of there over the summer, mm-hmm. which is his own fault for putting a deadline on his own trade. Like, stop it, dude. And, you know, but the Oilers are better than this. 
That is that is true. I mean, the yeah. Oilers that bar is low, but uh, this bar is much lower. Because when I look at this roster, and I I don't know, it's just the talent wise too of a team that's just underperformed, and you don't have any draft picks to kind of really show for it. What's really funny is is they and in the article, Cage Strang talks about it before the draft. Really, like Morello's brand new like mansion. They were like indulging in food and all wine and wine, and just like, like oh, let's make Ben like changes to health benefits while we're just indulging, like the the like the fat Roman, like emperor robot from Futurama. You know what I mean? Love that robot. Just, just, <laughs> just, like, just too many references. <laughs> before we move on, um, the, to answer your question, what's the NHL going to do? Absolutely nothing is the answer to that because the one thing, and I think I tweeted this, the one thing with the NHL is they will never admit to a mistake. They've done it once. They've done it once when they said, we're going to move Atlanta to Winnipeg because Atlanta was horrible, but they couldn't even do that. Right. Like give Winnipeg. Why is it that we're talking about Ilya Kovalchuk with the Winnipeg Jets record? No, screw it. Give Give Phoenix or Arizona, whatever they're called, give them Atlanta's records because, like, I don't care. I don't care enough. Give Winnipeg their actual records back or leave yeah. Atlanta alone. Like, please, please. This happened in basketball to uh, Oklahoma was right. saying, hey, Gary Payton. Let's let's retire your number. And he's like, I never played for you guys. I played for Seattle. But, you know, like, oh, it's so just they will never, they'll never fix it. Like this team should not be in Arizona anymore. And they were pray in the article. I think they praised themselves for being like the first owners to go to the cap in like the recent, in recent years with the coyotes, like congratulations. Yeah. Half the league is at the cap, half the league. Like that's not an accomplishment. You got a tired Phil Kessel. Tampa Bay is like 15 million over the salary cap. Do you want an award? I don't know. Like, I think because like, yeah, they always had that internal cap, and you know it's worked. You know, like they. As it, I look at if I look at a certain positive in this era, I'll think of the fact they rejuvenated Mike Smith's career. He still has a job now because of that one Western Conference final. Daniel, yeah. you always have to be Mister Positive on the on the podcast. I think that's what you are. Yeah, you, you want the players to have a good thingy here. It's just. So go to Quebec City. It'll be 10 times better. Like, maybe the weather's not as nice because you have to go through yeah. the winter. But but you have fans. Ice Palace Hotel in Quebec, outside Quebec City, is amazing, by the way. You're- I remember um, it was mentioned in the article that, like, when it comes to, like, the whole players thing, that I think, yeah, they've, they, they've been writing on the Shane Doan thing a lot, too. Like, they did bring him back, and that was supposed to be some kind of positive effect on the team, but it's it's the same thing that these things have become gigantic. These problems that, you know, bringing back a beloved guy is not going to really like do much. No. Can't wait till he leaves. Like Daniel Alfredson did in Ottawa. I, I'm it's, it's does not, it's not going to ever sit right with me unless things monstrously change that 
five teams in this league have to give have to pour money year after year after year after year to this organization and two of those clubs are part of this podcast and apparently uh i think it was Freeman talking about there might be an investigation into how arizona is spending some of the the funds from the revenue sharing which they, is oh boy they should ask for money back screw it i don't care i don't know why there's 32 team 32 teams in the nhl anyways 30 was enough listen Tavares has a 50 million dollar signing bonus we gotta get this all right we like we forgot about this um all right and i mean like the coyotes are such a mess like they finally got into the playoffs kind of and then colorado spanked them but at least at least the team they beat in the play-in round is sort of finally deciding where they're going. Nashville could be looking to sell really soon. They've had a really bad start to the season. We got to talk about Chicago soon, by the way, like another update because they've they've been high. They've been high. They're Pius like, Sutter has proven us wrong. Yes. Um. So LeBron has talked about. Apparently, they may even been listening to the likes of Matisse Ekholm. Elliot Freeman, 31 Thoughts, talking about the likes of Eric Howla and Mikael Granlund. And he revealed Granlund's the forward he's been looking for. Finally. Um, even, even confirmed that it wasn't Galchenyuk to Alex on Twitter and he DM'd him. Now, Daniel, oh you got to see if we can get the triplet here. <laughs> Next time he talks about the Ducks. Yeah. Um, but it, who, he, you know what? He talked about in 31 Thoughts, actually, about how good Jamie Drysdale has been in his past few games. So There is hope. But Predators, <laughs> this could finally be the first step in rebuilding. Which is crazy to me because of the money committed to everybody that, else. Yeah. That, oh, me to get up cap that, that's my main question. And I think Chicago's going through something like this uh, as well. And I think, um, how do you rebuild? Now I'm trying to look for them on cap friendly as well. How do you rebuild with... Um, two $8 million quote-unquote centers, a $9 million defense, well, a $9 million and a $6.25 million defenseman. And listen- The money of Kyle Turris. And the, right, the money of Kyle Turris. But how, like, you're not going to trade, you can't trade Johansson. I don't know who would take on that contract. Same with Duchesne. You'd be crazy to trade Ro, uh, Yossi or Ellis because I think they're just that good. Like, how do you rebuild around this? Or how do you hit rock bottom? You know what? I didn't realize, by the way, they have five players on the IR. Um, I don't know, because you think, first of all, yeah, you look ass up by ass. Yeah, Duchesne's not going anywhere on that big ticket. Six years left at $8 million. Philip Forsberg's up next year. If you want to really make a move to get a lot of... Get some assets back. Philip Forsberg, two more years at six. You can do it there. You could get something for Arvidsson. Yeah. He's a damn good player. Uh, and beside that, it's like, I know they were also, Freeman was talking about Nick Cousins could be on the move. That's a centerman. But $1.5 million for that guy right now, I don't know. You're not really going to get much for him. Yeah. And like, I mean, even now, like, I like Ryan Ellis, but who's going to take seven years of 6.2, as Alex was mentioning? And the worst thing was like, and credit to the Predators, they only have one of these deals. Um, and that's with Yeoman, Roman Yossi. And his, as you mentioned, his big ticket at $9 million. 59 million there because numbers, but his 9 million ticket, and he is a no move clause. Now, Rene does too, but Rene's up after this year. So it, it's just, 
this is when you do start worrying about the Minnesota wild territory of you want to do a rebuild or maybe you do, maybe you don't Minnesota, but you can't make those big moves right now. Like, I think you could get a taker for Yossi and Alice, but it would be difficult because the money is just right now in the league. It's just, it's near impossible to make a big move unless you're like Ottawa, but like you're not, Ottawa's not going to be sending likes of Kachuk and all their young guys to go get a guy like Roman Yossi. And and again, you mentioned those two centermen. You those are anchor contracts. Like yeah. it's it's possible. It's been done before. And I guess the biggest example, the first one that came to my head, was trading two contracts from the Leafs at least. Uh, Dion Phaneuf, who got traded to Ottawa, who was probably like in his Leafs tenure at a low point. Um, and then trading Phil Kessel, and you had to retain on that. And I think that's. Like that's what's probably going to have to happen if you want to do this properly. You're going to trade these guys and you're going to have to retain. Like there's no way you trade Re- Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson and that other team's taking on the full $8 million. Unless you're like Arizona took on the full Kessel deal. And you know what? <laughs> Nashville got saved in the new CBA because of the fixer to the to the um, the capper capture penalty to Shea Weber's contract, so they won't have that like twenty million dollar one year thing if he retires at the right time in his career. But uh. it, it, the, but with the terrorist buyout and probably the retaining they're going to have to do on some of these big deals, they might have to retain that much money. I bet. I think uh, there were a couple teams, and I don't remember who reported. I think there were a couple teams who were fine with having. Uh, Compliance buyouts when they redid when they were negotiating the CBA. I guarantee you, Nashville was one of them. Mm-hmm. I'd like, to, I don't know, Eric Halla on the, I don't, on the Leafs or something. I don't know. I can see that. Well, let me ask you this, Daniel. Mm-hmm. He probably will. Um, but does David Poyle? Get to pull a Bowman, a Bergevin here, and does he get the chance, or should he get the chance to clean up his own mess? I think probably, given Nashville's tradition of literally keeping guys on there in management and in coaching for so long, that there is that possibility that he could say, "All right, you know, you have these expiring guys, get some assets out of this, and just figure this out." But I think it's entirely possible, but it's also kind of betting on those big guy contracts saying, what are you going to get out of this? Because when you think about Mark Bergevin, you know, you have that consistency of a Carey Price, of a Shea Weber that, you know, these guys are going to bounce back eventually. But, you know, how long have we given Matthew Shane? How long have we given Ryan Johansson? Are they really at that level of a Carey Price, of a Shea Weber? Um and I think things are going to get even worse. I don't believe in UC Soros. And I know who you believe in, though. I believe in Yaroslav Askarov, but at the same time, that's like four, at least yeah. four years away, right, from being four years away. No, <laughs> four but, years uh, away from being four years <laughs> away. No, not that long. But I really think that you know, like even even if we talk about even the prospects like Dante Fabro or you know Phil Tomasino, these are guys that they're eventually going to contribute, but it's going to be way down the line that you're not going to have those veteran guys who are aging like a fine wine on your team to really keep things going. If 
if I'm ownership, I say, this is what I say, David Poyle. I'd like to see your plan for how we're going, how you're planning on rebuilding. And I look at that plan. And if I don't like the plan, sorry. Well, lads, I think it's time to end the episode or how are we inserting the quiz? Uh, I thought we were going to put it in between Toronto and this stuff. Yeah. Unless you want me to. Well, yeah, that was a great quiz, guys. Yeah, it's great quiz. Great quiz. (laughs) Oh my god! Um, I can't believe what happened. Yeah, crazy answers. Great, fantastic quiz by Daniel. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to check out the YouTube version so you can watch video versions of this podcast and see all our beautiful faces. Um, and Mike's disappointing lighting. Be sure to check out the show's Instagram and its Twitter account. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel for your Habs needs. Check out Daniel's stuff for the Eye Opener and the Hockey Writers Minnesota. Check out soon-to-be Alex's blog and then his other soon. We'll figure that out lately. Maybe we'll get someone to do a video insert to see what it is. Um, If it ever finishes, maybe I can plug in my sports, my uh, my Eye Opener sports thing. But but the editor-in-chief has given me so much stuff to look at. God damn it. Um... Thank you, the voice said, as always, for being a fantastic platform for the show on iTunes or it's no, it's Apple Podcasts. So dumb. Five star review and all that. Spotify, wherever you are, give the show and check it out. Bye.